0: Ladies and gentlemen, warning. Spoilers ahead. I'm um, okay. I've really, really, really learned my lesson. Can I please go now? Yeah, get out of my sight. Hey, kid, one more thing. If you ever set foot in this store again, you'll be spending Christmas in Juvenile Hall. Capiche. Well, do you understand? Everything except capiche. Good evening, and welcome to television. Whoa, hello there. I'm Wayne Stellini and welcome to Fred Watch, where we view and review everything from the mainstream to the obscure. I'm by myself in the Fred Shed this Christmas, and because you've decided to join me for today's special episode, I'm certainly not alone. 2020 has been a year of challenges all around the world, and our regular listeners would have noticed that a significant amount of our Fred Watch podcasts have been recorded from multiple studios. Even though we were apart, Philip... Our guest reviewers and I still found a way to be together through the magic of technology. Of course, some of you are still doing it tough because of the COVID-19 pandemic, so if you're away from family and friends today, thank you for inviting me to be a part of your Christmas this year. You know, one of my favourite Christmas morning traditions is to watch an episode of The Simpsons, where Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa and Maggie are celebrating the festive season, So please join me as I watch the second Simpsons Christmas-themed episode. From Season 7, it's called Marge, Be Not Proud. Please explain. When Bart, Nancy Cartwright, is caught attempting to shoplift a video game from the local try-and-save and and is banned from the store by security guard Don Brodka, Lawrence Tierney, he tries to keep his failed four-finger discount from his parents, Homer, Dan Castellaneta, and Marge, Julie Kavner but when the family goes to the same store to have their Christmas photo taken, Bart is all too aware that Brodka may expose his secret. Written by Mike Scully, whose inspiration came from a childhood experience in which he was caught shoplifting, and directed by Stephen Dean Moore, The Simpsons, Season 7, Episode 11, Marge Be Not Proud, premiered in the United States on Sunday, the 17th of December, 1995. It is available to stream on Disney+, and can be viewed on the second disc of the DVD release. If you would like to watch this episode with me, I'll be watching it on DVD and pressing play in 3, 2, 1. So we open up like a normal episode, but I will stop talking about... The 12-inch Pianist is written on the blackboard, which is really funny because I know that Krusty stops himself from telling a joke about a pianist in an earlier episode. (laughs) Couch gag has Homer pulling the family down a plug hole. And here we go, beginning with It's a Krusty Kinda Christmas, the brilliant K alliterations. I always love the commercials and sponsors that they have on The Simpsons. I love whenever they're watching TV. They're very quirky and very funny. Krusty as well always presents second-rate programs. (laughs) And I do find it funny that Krusty has a Christmas special, considering that he's Jewish. A reference to Krusty's... Problems with reading. He's said to be illiterate in a very early episode, but he does have a limited ability to read. So they don't show him learning how to read, or at least trying to command the English language in any way. But I guess it's just assumed knowledge. Here we go with another brilliant commercial. Bart and Lisa watching TV. And here we go. We're setting it up quite early now, this commercial has Bart's attention. An incredibly violent video game, so it has Bart's name written all over it. And Lisa's just completely unimpressed by it. (laughs) Bone Storm. And there we go, the influence of television. That Bart just repeats the tagline there to Marge, taking her by surprise. But, of course, video games are expensive, and we know that The Simpsons do have some financial problems every now and then. The very first Christmas episode, Simpsons roasting on an open fire, was all about financial troubles. It's interesting, considering that they live in a double-story house, have two cars, and a lot of other um, luxuries, I suppose, that most of us may not have Marge tucking Bart in with a really sweet rhyme. And of course, Bart finds this quite lame. But, this is gonna come back later. Love that in the first act of this episode, we've got a few seeds planted and how they're just gonna come back to reiterate the dynamic, especially between Marge and Bart. This is a very sweet episode. And it's all set up at the very beginning. We don't realise it just yet. Bart's here chatting with the comic book guy. Who is very much a stereotypical, apathetic retail salesman. A nerd who was bullied in school and is now taking it out on everybody. Which is actually quite common I find in some of the shops that I visit since Nerd... Nerd culture is so prevalent now. <laughs> Nick Carvalho's putting challenge. Bart's not impressed by this. Although, as Comic Book Guy says, a surprising abundance of it. Here we cut to Millhouse, who actually does have Bone Storm. He's entered his name, Thrillhouse, but... There's only a limited number of characters, so Thrill-Ho is what appears on the screen. However, had Milhouse put his full name in there, there would have been enough characters to present his full name. That's such a clever, subtle gag that they've put here. Here we go. Bart is thinking of a Christmas miracle that might happen. He's have to try and save. And he's hoping that somebody will feel sorry for him by staring at this game that he clearly cannot afford. Gavin, don't you already have this game? No, Mom, you idiot. I have Bloodstorm and Bone Squad and Bloodstorm 2, stupid. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I have to say, Gavin and his mom always make me laugh. Because Oh, it just says so much about materialism and commercialization, and Bart is envious of Gavin. He's the luckiest boy in the world. He gets to get not only a copy of Bone Storm for himself, but also there's a second one so he doesn't have to share with his sister. A spoiled brat indeed, and a mother who enables him. Now, our sales assistant has left the cabinet open, and Jimbo and Coney are encouraging Bart. ...to help himself to a four-finger discount. And of course, Simpson fans will know... ...that there's a brilliant podcast called Four Finger Discount... ...produced right here in Australia. And of course, we've got the video game version... ...of the angel and the devil on Bart's shoulders. And all the cool games are saying... Take it. Why not? It's the shop's fault. It's everyone's fault for making you want it so much. And of course, our good guy says no way. Bart makes it, or so he thinks. Here's the wonderful Lawrence Tierney playing Don Brodka as our security guard. A wonderful return to that gag. There is that second punch. There's the reward for planting that gag between Gavin and his mother. She feels sorry and quite ashamed on behalf of Bart and his mother because he's caught stealing, not seeing her own shortcomings, I suppose, of raising a spoiled brat of a child named Gavin. (laughs) Gavin and his mother do not feature enough in The Simpsons. But they're two of my favourite characters, actually. Hey, it wouldn't be the golden era of The Simpsons if Troy McClure didn't appear with a video telling us about something that we really didn't want or need to know about. The brilliant Phil Hartman here, providing the voice of Troy McClure saying that the term shoplifting literally is about lifting a shop. But even Brodka can't stand it. <laughs> Unimpressed. His tattoo tells us that he was from the US Marines, so a man not to be messed with. I love the way that Lawrence Tierney performs him. I love the way that he is animated as well. Absolutely superb. Someone really, really intimidating. I love it how a shopping mall security guard is a lot more intimidating than Springfield's own chief of police. That's right, done right. Your son Here's Brodka on the phone to who we think is Bart's parents, but of course it's answering machine message. That's such a great gag. It's been done before, but it's brilliant. <laughs> One of the great things about Bart is that when he does stuff up, he really does feel it. He feels the guilt. He feels the shame. He feels the fear. Bart is such a fully-fledged character. And I think what's great is that we have him as a contrast to say someone like Gavin. Yes, it's just a side gag. It's just a side character. But Gavin is there for a gag and to show this contrast. And the way that Nancy Cartwright performs Bart as well is absolutely beautiful he's got this race to get home and he's actually competing against homer who's driving really fast because maggie needs her nappy changed it actually reminds me of the ending of ferris bueller's day off where ferris is running and doing shortcuts to get home to not get caught for having skipped school while his parents are unaware of what he's doing just driving home normally And of course, Bart puts the tape with the incriminating answering machine message in the cassette tape collection. Does not throw it out. Rookie mistake, Bart. Rookie mistake. Bart's in such a great mood this morning because, hey, he's gotten away from it. And even in this case, he is happy to have his photo taken. This is something that Marge really wants to do because as she will point out, they haven't really got a proper family Christmas photo. Something always goes wrong. A lot of great visual gags here. Bart imagines himself in Juvenile Hall. And of course, there's Jimbo and Coney and some of the other bullies as well, notorious for naughty behavior. Bart's always presented as being mischievous and maybe even a bit of a deviant, but he never fits in with Nelson and Jimbo and Coney and Dolph because he has a genuine conscience, and that's presented quite often. Again, beautifully performed by Nancy Cartwright throughout the entire series, not just this episode. Just that suggestion there of Marge saying, you know, your father can come up and help you with your zipper. That's really sweet. I mean, it's easy to sometimes forget that Bart and Lisa, too, are just children because of the situations and scenarios they find themselves in and sometimes the language they use and the references they allude to. But just moments like that are really, really sweet and quite genuine as well. That, you know, sometimes needing your father to get dressed. oh. <laughs> And you know what, whenever you're nervous about something, everything is accentuated. So just this moment here where Marge locks the car doors. Normally, of course, that's just to make sure everyone is safe and a door's not gonna swing open accidentally, I don't know why it would, but you know, Marge is cautious like that. But it sort of reminds Bart of imprisonment. It goes back to his imagined future that if he continues this life of crime, it all begins with shoplifting. Everyone's so excited to have such a fun day, taking the photo at the try and save and then exploring the rest of the center. And it's really quite sweet. There's such an enforcement and a reiteration of the family dynamic. And I guess just how innocent these kids really are. It's planting a lot of these emotional seeds. Because we really need to feel the strain between Marge and Bart later on. Well, maybe someone will give you one for Christmas. Now she really be surprised when she opens that ironing board cover. <laughs> I love that line so much about Homer buying Marge an ironing board cover, even though she's pointing to some jewelry. But there's nothing malicious about it. There's nothing even cheap about it. He really feels like he's doing the right thing. It's incredibly cute. And of course, whenever you're nervous, whenever you just want to get out of a situation, everyone around you seems to just prolong everything. Make you stay there longer, more than you need to. <laughs> Bart spots Brodka there. And just as we snap the photo, he's caught Bart and's pulling him out. Because, hey, he's told him, you're not allowed back in this store. Homer and Marge are standing up for Bart, as good parents do. But of course, there's evidence, isn't there? And the crowd gathers around to see the spectacle. Everything is accentuated and exaggerated here. Lisa's surprisingly quiet. She's one of the people who's often first to stand up for her brother. Bart is so ashamed, he covers one screen. But of course... As he confesses, multiple screens behind him are proving that he did it. Even though he's confessed, we have to enforce his guilt, his shame, his wrongdoing. It's interesting because shoplifting tends to be seen as not a very serious crime. But I like that it's made a big deal here. Homer gives Bart a lecture. He's about to deliver one of my favourite gags. Now we'll confess that I actually like the Police Academy movies but I just think Homer trashing them by saying That hey I took you to all those Police Academy Movies wasn't for fun No one was laughing I, I find that really funny And Homer gets a little Bit distracted with his lecture And what I love here is How Marge just looks so distant He's not the little boy that That she thought he was He's no longer the innocent guy. So this is why Act 1, Act 2 puts this uh, childlike innocence to Bart. It enforces it. We know he's a child, yes, but it's really heavily enforced. And the sweet dynamic with this family, we know they are loving. They seem more wholesome than they usually are. Why? So that we are really on Bart and Marge's side. We see both their point of views and we feel for them. And Bart's just happy that, you know, he hasn't gotten screamed at or punished even more. But what happens is even worse. Marge doesn't feel like she knows him anymore. Here comes a time for Bart to be tucked in with that rhyme about the Tuck In Express. all Marge says is good night, closes the door, and leaves him in the dark. He tucks himself in now, because again, he's not the little guy that she thought he was. And one thing we absolutely know about Marge and Bart, that Bart is her special little guy. And here we have Marge holding that handprint of Bart when he was four. Realize that he's all growing up, and she's now blaming herself. I mother him too much. He's a big boy now. He needs to sort of stand on his own two feet, I suppose. Keep in mind, is only (laughs) ten. Lovely to see Grandpa Simpson at the breakfast table. (laughs) There's just some lovely comforts that you just want somebody else to do. And it includes putting a marshmallow in your hot chocolate. (laughs) Something about a mother's touch that I think it doesn't matter how old you are is always quite lovely. And Bart really feels the strain here. Because he doesn't want Marge to not love him anymore. And of course he confides in Milhouse and Milhouse just gets totally distracted about a wonderful movie he's seen. And so there's bone storm between them. And it's not such a big deal anymore. Milhouse is bored of it already. So for Bart, it doesn't seem like such a big deal now too. <laughs> and fighting over a very simple and less expensive game as well. You do sense that Bart and Milhouse are going to be best friends forever. <laughs> Bart feeling so sad about the strained relationship between him and Marge that he wants to hang out with Luanne Van Houten. And here we are, stuffing envelopes with Christmas cards. Mm -hmm. And Bart wants to be so included. Asking questions that he really doesn't care the answers about. Because all he wants is validation. Bart's returning home and so happy to hear his mother laughing. And there's family activities that Bart's not involved in. Why? Because they're too kiddish for him. Or so the perception is. And he's feeling excluded and hurt. Of course it's not intentional. It's not really a punishment. It's just that, you know, if Bart's not just going to be her special little guy anymore, her sweet little boy, let him be who I suppose he wants him to be. The true self. Because, of course, she never thought he was a shoplifter. And here he goes, meeting and bumping into Nelson, who's stolen a spare tire to a wheelbarrow. Absolutely pointless and useless. Will not need it, but just takes it because he can. And it does reiterate the sort of pointlessness of taking Bonestorm to begin with. Yeah, you wanted it in the moment, but it's a game that you just got bored with, as we see through Millhouse. Bart returns home, hiding something from Marge, and she is so suspicious. It's something rectangular, and... Must be another video game. Interestingly though, she does invite him to help with the cookies. A family tradition, no doubt. And she's absolutely moved that not only is there a photo of him in a beautiful frame, but he attaches the receipt as well. And she... And here we go, he is very much her special little guy, and the new photo re- sits on top of the other one <laughs> that was damaged and ruined from the intervention <laughs> of Broadcut. Poor Lisa's feeling a bit left out here. Bart redeems himself and she just gets totally ignored. Little child syndrome, hey? And there it is, the putting challenge. We have the reveal of Marge's face, and Bart does not have the heart to tell her that, well, it's a pretty crappy game, and it's not the game that every boy wants. I love that poor Marge was swindled there by the (laughs) retail assistant who just wanted to get rid of this game. But here we go Bart's playing Carvello's game. (laughs) I love how horrible the graphics of this game are compared to the Burnstorm. <laughs> seems incredibly complex. And convoluted. <laughs> Ball is in. Parking lot Would you like to play again? You have selected no. Ah, oh, who could blame them? <laughs> We do sense that Bart probably won't be playing that game ever again. But bless him, he actually did try. (laughs) I have to say that I absolutely love Marge Be Not Proud. I think it's so sweet. There's just so many wonderful moments that showcase the dynamic between Bart and Marge. Again, they really emphasise The innocence of Bart and the wholesomeness of the Simpson family in the first few acts. They do that on purpose, so the emotional punch is hit even more when we get to that third act, when we see the disappointment of Marge. It's an incredibly moving episode. It is so beautifully directed, so wonderfully acted. Every single gag lands And I know I spoke over most of them, (laughs) but if you're familiar with the episode, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. A lot of these moments are still prevalent on the internet today as memes. It's no secret to regular listeners of this podcast how much I love The Simpsons and what a wonderful show I think it is. And the Golden Era, which this episode was a part of, is a testament to that and quite self-explanatory, really. And whilst I'm sure it's predictable for many of you, I will still give my score for Marge Be Not Proud. It is quite easily a 5 out of 5 episode for me. I'd like to thank you so much for joining me on this Fred Watch Christmas special. I hope that you've enjoyed my company because I've certainly enjoyed yours. On behalf of the entire Fred Watch team and all of us at Fred the Alien Productions, I would like to wish you a safe and merry Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. So until next time, I've been Wayne Stellini and you've just experienced Breadwatch. Cue music. Da, 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 da. And scene. Blooper reel. Take one. You know, 2020 has been a year of challenges all around the world. And our regular listeners would have noticed that a significant number of Fred what? Take two. 2020 has been a year of challenges all... Take three. 2020 has been a year of challenges all around the world and our regular listeners would have noticed that a significant Take four. 2020 has been a year of challenges all around the world, and our regular- Take five. Please join me today as I watch and critique the second Simpsons ep- Take six. Please join me today as I watch and critique the second Christmas-themed episode. Take seven. When Bart, Nancy Cartwright, is caught attempting to- Take eight. When Bart, Nancy Cartwright, is caught attempting to shoplift a video game from the local Try and Save and is banned from the store by security guard. Take nine. He tries to keep his failed four disc... Take ten. He tries to keep his four-finger discount from his parents. Take eleven. He tries to keep his failed four-finger discount from his parents, Homer, Dan Castellenta. Take twelve. The Simpsons, season seven, episode el- You know what? Take 13. <clears throat> Please join me today as I watch and critique the second Simpsons theme- Hug, hug! <laughs> Where was I?